Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Marty Sacken, who is a director over at Samson Logistics, and he's going to tell us about what he does and how he can help your company in the international market today. So, Marty, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, Damon. I'm good. Great. How about great. you? Oh, you fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a long time in isolation and, and I lost my fifteen pounds, so <laughs> right. and then some. Yeah. David, you look pretty uh, fit these days. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I'm not I'm not gonna plug the uh, Weight Watchers app, but that's <laughs> that's what did it for me today. Um but thank you, thank you. I've known Marty for a number of years, and he has been in the warehouse logistics business for how long have you been? How long have you been doing this, Marty? Uh, I've been doing this since 1988. 88. So logistics, uh, meaning you know cross border transportation, North American transportation, inventory management, supply chain management, returns management, which keeps getting bigger and bigger these days. Fantastic. So tell us tell us about how you got into the business and you know how you got where you are to where you are today. So just fill in the history for our listeners. Well, this is boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this started out um, post-graduation. Uh, I was working in um, Wall Street and suffered through the crash of 87 and was looking for something else and my father and uncle had a forwarding business. They were an original ICC-licensed freight forwarders when things were regulated. Okay, okay. And post-deregulation, they were doing very well moving products you know, back and forth across the U.S.-Canadian border. Uh, clients like Canadian Tire, Northern Telecom, Home Hardware. So they were quite busy and looking for new blood and... I didn't have anything better to do at the time, so we gave it a try. <laughs> Isn't uh, that how we all get into logistics? You know, <laughs> uh, yes. In some cases, it, it's it's actually a goal that wasn't really my goal. It just kind of fell into it. It's perfect. Perfect. So uh, tell us about what you're doing now and, and how, like, what you do on a daily basis and, and, and your operation today. We are focused on and have been focused on how to enable our clients' growth. You know, how can our clients sell more product, acquire more product more efficiently for their own distribution, manufacture? And, you know, over the last, uh, you know, probably 20 years, really focused on their sales chain. You know, distribution, inventory management, cross-border activities and traffic management, and obviously interactions with U.S. and Canadian customs brokers. Mm-hmm. So we do everything from just act as inventory managers to managing the whole, you know, supply chain, both, you know, supplies coming in as well as sales going out. Okay. Um, in the past, uh, 
year and a half, two years, we've been very focused on expanding our services in e-com. Okay. Okay. One of the things that we found three years ago was the fact that clients were looking for logistics companies that can not only handle their, you know, their day-to-day B2B business, but this growing monster that they saw coming in e-com. Okay. And why do I want multiple vendors to do my work? I want to find a vendor that can is good and can handle you know, my work. Great. Can you do it? Right. And how, how how do you specifically fit that niche? How how are what like what technologies are you are you do you have or what what kind of sets you apart from the other warehouses that are out there? So today we have a number of um, IT resources and new software that we've enabled. Um, probably the most interesting for our e-com customers are the direct connections into both our transport management system and inventory management systems from the e-commerce shopping carts. So you're at Shopify or you're at Wix, mm-hmm. you're at Magenta, you're at eBay or whatever whatever flavor, Amazon, and you're actually doing your own shipping and fulfillment. A customer can place their order in your shopping cart and it can automatically either, if you're handling your inventory, produce multiple labels and shop your rates across all different carriers so that, you know, whether you're going to select it or the customer is going to select it, however that happens, whatever logic is being used can produce a bill of lading, produce a tracking, you know, tracking label, UPS, FedEx, USPS, Purolator, Canpar, same day, whoever your flavor of the day is, sure, sure. they can do it directly for you. And on the inventory side, if you're if you have inventories at Samson, that order will automatically transmit into the Samson inventory system, get fulfilled, and all the information passes back to your ecom platform and to yourselves, updating everybody's inventories and shipping requests and shipping information, including passing the tracking numbers and carriers and you know your you know pick slips, packing nice. lists. Uh, to your customer and to yourself and to the uh, vendor of you know, your e-commerce platform. Phenomenal. So it's really taking the guesswork out of everything and, and kind of moving towards an AI model almost. A- absolutely. One of the interesting aspects of this is there's no necessarily IT intervention necessary from a new customer. So if they're e-com only and they're not looking for an integration beyond the platform, they have nothing to do. The only thing that we have to do is make sure that the SKU, the item in the e-commerce platform, is identical to what we have in our system. Okay. And that's the big trick is just making sure we have the exact same item ID. Okay. And really it takes the guesswork out of everything. Great. It's great. really simple and easy. So tell me about your, like, physical presence, where your warehouses are. So you, you, you obviously have more than one. Uh, I've known you long enough to know that. But <laughs> you're, so, you're here on the East Coast and the West Coast. That's right. So, so explain kind of where your physical presence is. Well, unfortunately, if we have Canadian customers, this gets a little tricky. <laughs> Our West Coast presence is in the Los Angeles area, but it's in Ontario, California. <laughs> 
So, you know, Ontario, the, comma, CA. <laughs> so, O N, yeah, O N T, comma, CA. Yeah. Gets a little confusing. Right. So, we're in Ontario, California. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have two facilities in Buffalo, New York. Uh, all told, you know, a little under a million square feet. Great. Um, you know, it's warehousing's tight, so it's always interesting looking for more space and availability. But we're able to accommodate pretty much anybody that needs something. It's tighter on the West Coast than in Buffalo right now, but okay. Buffalo's not. Right. You know, <laughs> certainly not, you know, like storage, you know, is, you know, a dime a dozen. Yeah. Um, but California is very, very similar to the GTA or worse. There's just no – actually, it's probably worse than the GTA because the GTA okay. has space. It's just expensive. Expensive. California, you can't even find space. Okay. And and what do you think is driving that? I mean, obviously, we talk about port congestion in, in California. We have port congestion here. We've had issues with backup in supply chain with the Suez, uh, how much that actually affected us or not or whatever. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we back it up? Back sure. it up one more step. All right. So things got crazy when – Donald Trump put down the 301 tariffs. Yes. And with those announcements, everybody tried to load up all the inventory they could if they had storage space in the United States. Right. Because they could avoid the 301 tariff if they could land the product fast enough. Yeah. And so, that was back in 2018, actually, right. September of 2018 when right. the 301 Right. Now, think of what went in. on right. from the summer of 2018 to present right. making things a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of a snowball effect there from the 301 duties. Yeah, it started with 301, and then everything starts getting constrained from there. Yeah. So, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up another subject that I know you and I have discussed many a times, which is the Section 321. So we have the 301 duties, not to be confused with any of these. So there's all these numbers out there in customs. but Wait, wait. It's, it's really easy. <laughs> from an importer's viewpoint, do I want to pay more to U.S. Customs or less to U.S. There Customs. There you go. So do you think the, the Section 301, which, it, which really is anything that's valued, any shipment that's valued $800 or less with some exceptions, you can't send everything as a Section 321, um, but anything that's $800 or less coming into the United States doesn't have to pay duty on it. Has that added to this e-commerce? Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a huge boon. Uh, for a couple of my partners and ourselves as far as what's the volumes coming across in small package um, really has grown tremendously, and it just keeps accelerating. I mean, you probably see it on your end because, yeah. you know, the custom system, ACE in particular, has trouble uh, – Keeping up with the hundreds of thousands yes. of entries a day. Yes, yes. And uh, the 86-type entry is something that they're using for the Section 321s uh, to help with any other government agency reporting. So if it's FDA, you really can't do a Section 321. You have to do an 86-type entry. Um, and what I'll do is, because we're touching on this topic, I'll actually do a podcast specifically about Section 321s and how to take advantage of them, go through those definitions and everything. But for today's purpose, we'll stick kind of to the what how that's affecting the warehousing and everything in your business. So, um, is, go ahead. Yeah, this is really about adding value to the customer. So, yeah, one of the huge value propositions that we provide is the ability to move, you know, these low value shipments. 
So the rule is one constant, one U.S. consignee to one address can bring in from a single vendor $800 a day or less. Mm-hmm. It can be multiple packages, right? but it can only be one shipment. No matter how many vendors you have, you can only bring in one shipment a day. Right, right. But that being said, that's... Oh, it, that's it, a huge boon. It opens up the it opens up the floodgates, and really, um, you know, you you had touched on it. U.S. Customs is processing more eighty six type entries than they are formal entries, and it's crashing their system. Right, it's, but you know, for the Canadian exporter in particular, yeah. which is you know our forte, yeah, we have people bringing in more product than ever into Canada, regardless of the port congestion. Right. That, you know, whether you're in Prince Rupert or Vancouver or Halifax or Montreal, it's terrible. They don't care because they can sell so much more product into the United States yes. affordably without having to pay brokerage, customs, duties, no mm. 301 tariffs. Right. And they're at a huge advantage over their American counterpart. Right. Right. So if they have an American competitor, geez, okay, we pay a little bit more for freight, maybe. 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 Right. Maybe but, not. But you're avoiding all the duties, all right. the taxes, all the brokerage headache. You right. You look, at, ISF, you look at a 25% you know. 301 tariff on top of whatever else duty you have. Right, right. It's 25% plus. I mean, the lowest 301 I see is 7.5%. 7.5% Se- is the lowest on the 301 duties. And, and um, you know, I was, just today I was talking to a potential client, and they were looking at 15% for regular duties with an additional 25%. Right, so it's 32 point, you get a $500, $500 shipment, yeah. and you're paying 32% additional for that? What does that come out that? It's like a zillion dollars, Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's over $150 it in, eats, it in eats fees. Away, it eats away at the margins. So, you know, we, do, we, don't, we don't have the ability, you know, clients really look to anyway, because everybody's working on such thin margins nowadays. Right. And these additional duties are taking away those margins. Although I have seen companies, you know, changing suppliers from China to somewhere else. I have seen companies, oh. you know, moving their moving their facilities from, you know, their manufacturing facilities from China elsewhere. Um, kind of what's on, what do you see on the horizon in the future? What what what's kind of coming down the pipeline with with uh, supply chain, logistics, warehousing? What's what's the next big thing from your standpoint? I think more integrations. You're going to see more visibility and more transparency between uh, all the different logistics links uh, from the time that your shipment is leaving your exporter, you know, going to port all the way through. So we're, you're going to see more blockchain activities where things are being passed from, you know, vend- you know, vendor to vendor, stakeholder to stakeholder. You'll get more of that visibility. It's going to take quite some time for people to adapt sure. and adopt the different technologies and see that but it's going to be available sooner rather than later i would say you know that someone who really wants to see this can really start seeing this now if they were really going to get to the forefront yeah um ibm has a solution out there there's and a number of the vessel operators are starting to climb aboard uh with that being said that leads us to the whole issues of vessel operations Mm -hmm. and cost of import and yeah, what's in the future? Antitrust. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for those of you that are importing uh, from offshore, uh, you know, I'd urge you to contact your MPs, 
your congressman, the president, the premier, um, whoever you need to, and you know, send them emails about the you know the consortium of three vessel operators yeah. that are controlling the market, driving up costs and artificially. It's not like there's not vessels out there and crew out there. Mm-hmm. They're just not making them available to keep, up the, to keep up the rates. And, of course, because one of the interesting aspects of this is because we don't – they're running 100 percent capacity into North America, for every two containers that land in the United States, only one is exported full. Yeah. What do we do with all those empties? Right. Well, empty container logistics was a whole – study logistics by itself but now they can't get the empties back there's just not enough capacity to get empties back which only makes our problems much worse so you know all of a sudden we've got these supply constraints and you know vessel operators are jacking our rates you know yeah you know the rates are two to three times what they were you know 18 months ago yeah yeah we went from landing you know for you know an average shipper in you know toronto Getting a container into Toronto could be forty five hundred to five thousand dollars USD. Today, I don't think you can that same shipper can get something into Toronto for less than thirteen thousand dollars USD. And I've heard larger shippers bidding as much as twenty thousand dollars a container. Twenty thousand a container. Right, to be able to wow. move in the next four weeks. Wow. So things are things are ugly, they're crazy. What's gonna happen down the road? I don't know. Um but, you know, the visibility aspect and the technology aspects are going to keep improving. You're going to be able to get a little more control over your supply chain. Know when things are happening if you choose to participate. Yeah. If you don't choose to participate, you know, you think about how easy it is to go to UPS or FedEx or, oh. you, or Canada yeah. Post or Canpar and track a, track a label. How, how easy it is to track your container. Right. Yeah, it's a whole different story oh, when you talk about a container. You, you plug in your container and then, you, you know, I'm going it's, to Maersk or I'm going to CMA, CMA or I'm going to go to my favorite forwarder and I'm going to go to Shanker and I'm going to plug in this, you know, the bill of lading number. Gee, do I have a house bill of lading? Do I have an ocean bill of lading? Yeah. Which which number will it track? <laughs> oh, look, none of them work. Right, right, right. So, yeah, the frustration level, you know, still exists. Yeah. It will get better. Okay. It will get better. But right. it's really up to... You as the importer to make that happen. It's not just going to miraculously happen the way UPS did it or FedEx did it. You know they've, you know they've got us in the palm of their hands. We don't have anywhere else to go when it comes to bringing containers. Right. There's three large consortiums. They control the market. All your big boys are in there, and, and let, you know as long as they keep their rates relatively low for Walmart and Target and Canadian Tire and GM and Ford and FCA and the big boys, yeah, they won't go out and charter vessels, right? And that's the danger. The danger is they piss off the big boys. Can I say piss off? Yeah, you can say it. Um, <laughs> they piss not, off the we're, big boys. We're not regulated go, by the FCC. <laughs> who, who, can go, who, who can afford to go out and charter their own vessels right. and start sucking away market share from the vessel operators. So they don't want that to happen, and that's the game they're playing. Hey, let's, you know, 
hey, I'm Ford, I need 1,000 containers this week. They make 870 available. It's not enough of a problem for Ford to do anything about it. Yeah, we'll deal with the 130 I didn't get. We'll get it next week. We'll no, you won't. Yeah. No, 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 you won't. <laughs> so, uh, Marty, where, where, tell us where our listeners can go to learn more about your company and what you do. Okay, best place to go to starters is www.sam-son.com. So sam-son.com. Um, website's uh, you know pretty robust. There's right. a contact form right on there, our 800 number. In case you do have a pen and pencil, and or you've recorded this podcast, is eight hundred six seven seven two five three five. You know, you can uh, go directly to my extension if you want. It's two zero two. Perfect. And anything that comes in, we are very, very, especially on the submit pages, contact pages on the site. We try to get to everybody within a couple hours. Perfect. So we try not to leave anybody for more than 24 hours. 24 hours. Great. Great. So you heard that. Uh, we will put that on our uh, on our blog page with the, with the contact information there also. Uh, Marty, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of uh, Trade Secrets. If you could leave our listeners with one tip, just give us one tip to, to close out the, the podcast today. Connect. Just make sure that you're electronically connected to your vendors. Great, great. So it's really about uh, the uh, the uh, um, e-commerce connection, understanding the data, getting B2B, as much even your B two B connections. You know, we <clears throat> do full integrations with you know our clients' operating systems. Mm-hmm. So whether you're on SAP or you're on Microsoft uh, AX or you're on NetSuite or you know, you know, a, you know, 2005 version of Sage. We really don't care. It's not a heavy integration. Perfect, perfect. Well, Marty, thank you again. We really appreciate it. Uh, and this has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Uh, if you have additional questions or anything that we can answer here at Welke Custom Brokers, please feel free to email me at Damon D A M O N at Welke W E L K E U S A dot com. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.